0: So go introduce yourself to someone new. Just draining from the waves
1: The worship team, the tech team for leading us this morning. Let's give it a hand. That's awesome. We just want to welcome you. Glad you're here. Uh, it's freezing, right? But it's warm in here. It's good, right? <laughs> um, at this point, would you pass the friendship folders uh, from the inside of the aisle? Pass it out. We appreciate that. Uh, this last Christmas Eve, this last weekend, it was great. It was exciting to see people wall to wall. And 11 o'clock was packed. The 3 o'clock was packed in here. And the 5 was packed. It was just a great time of celebration making Jesus name famous and it was it was a fun night it was my first experience here uh Christmas Eve so that was fun for my family and I and uh, it was just exciting exciting stuff talking to new people seeing familiar faces it was great so thanks for joining us and celebrating with your family and us and uh I want to put up the recap from the birthday get to Jesus so we set the goal at 81,000 and we are at 74,000 can we give God a hand for that And so our goal is 81,000, and we pray that today we'll go over that. We'll go over the 74,000 to 81 or more, and so we're excited about that. But just know that today is the last day to give for 2017, so as long as it's time-stamped um, online at 1159, we're good to go. Um, but if you are designating a gift, a birthday gift to Jesus, so there's, a little, uh, there's little folders or little envelopes on in the inside of the seats if you want to do so, um, as well as, as you go into this new year. A lot of us are making New Year's resolutions, we're setting goals, and one thing that uh, we have available as you walk in the lobby, as, on the left as you head out, there are Bible in a year plans, there's, you know, five minutes a day to buy, you know, to read, the, read the whole New Testament um, this year, um, two chapters in the morning, two chapters at night, to read the whole Bible, so if that's something that interests you, uh, it's a challenge for all of us to be in the Word in 2018, um, but grab one of those if that would serve you. Uh, grab one for a friend or whatever, but they're available as you leave the lobby on your left. Um, you know, we had a great Christmas, and uh, Christmas Eve was great. And Christmas, we actually um, we lost two of our congregational members. So we want to just join in prayer and pray for um, the Daly family with the sudden loss of Sarah, um, just praying for Dana uh, and their family, as well as the Gillio family with the loss of Ralph Sr. So I'll be praying for Michael and Michelle and their family. Uh, as they grieve this loss, and this is a hard time of year. I know for a lot of you, um, I can relate to that as well. Uh, but I we just want to pray for the Daly family and the Gillio family this morning. Um, at this point, I'd like to ask the ushers to come forward for our morning offering. If you're new with us, uh, you may let the, just let the play pass. I know this is for those who are normal in the grace of giving. But we're so excited at what God's going to teach us this morning through his word. Uh, so would you join me in prayer? God, we come before you recognizing God, you are the priority. You're the reason why we gather. God, it's cold. It's freezing. And God, some of us, uh, you know, had to maybe like nudge ourselves a little bit more than normal this morning, but God, we're just so thankful that we are here. Uh, and that we can just gather as a community of, of people who love you and love each other. Um, But, God, we're excited at what you will teach us this morning. And so, God, we just start off by making you the priority, God, of giving of our treasures. God, we give out a heart of sacrifice and a heart of humility, knowing you will use these treasures, God, for your kingdom. And so we are just excited to see what you will do and what you are already doing. God, we give thanks. God, you're so good. And you have such a bigger picture in mind that we could possibly imagine. So we give now. Uh, to your kingdom, God, to give to your ministry. We ask all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen.
0: in love i Gently to my knees, and I am lost for words.
1: So cool! Let's give another hand to the worship team. Thank you for them. Thank God for those guys. They're awesome. So we, we came out of a series called Christmas in the Berg, and we were talking about the rich history of Christmas in our city. And some of us have uh, probably discovered new facts about Pittsburgh. I am not a Pittsburgher. I am from Chicago. And so I learned a lot about my new city, and uh, it was just really, really cool for me. It was really neat. And something that I discovered about Pittsburgh Uh, that maybe some of you are aware of, is this wonderful thing that was given to me in a box yesterday. It's called a New Year's pretzel. It was amazing. It was awesome. You know what I love so much about it was I came home last night, Kenny gave me one, and I come home and my three-year-old immediately beelines it to me. He's like, what's in that box? I said, what do you think it is? He's like, it's a huge pretzel. I said you got to taste it, and they tasted it. And like it tastes like a donut. I mean, it's just, it is this wonderful, wonderful thing. It's so great, and it's called the New Year's pretzel. And so, uh, just I hope you can appreciate my naivety as I approach this subject. I am not from here, so don't think I've lived here and I grew up under the dirt. Um, but there is one thing that I did learn, and I'll say that in a second. But the New Year's pretzel actually originated with the monks. Around 610 AD, uh, the monks would use scraps of dough. And they would uh, would would use them to kind of represent a folded arm as they would approach prayer. And what they would do is they would give these pretzels to children as they memorized verses. They call them uh, the pretolia. Forgive me if I botched that. But it's Latin for little reward. And the three holes in a pretzel represented the trinity. And some people you like, oh, I never knew that. That was me. I was like, wow, I didn't even think about it like that. But these originated uh, we were in Austria and Germany, and uh, children began to use these to celebrate the New Year. And so the transfer, so German immigrants brought them over to the United States, and now German bakers will bake these wonderful pieces of food. And you can buy them, and they're only available around New Year's, and I did not know that. So we're excited to partake even more so next year. But the whole point of these pretzels is to bring prosperity and health. Um, I think a lot of people actually think they'll bring good luck, but that's the point, is they bring prosperity and health as we go into the new year. Here's one more thing that I found people think brings good luck and uh, prosperity in the new year, is pork and sauerkraut. And again, I, I remember the first time I had it, I, I first, I'm like, what is like, that smell? Like, it smells really good, right? Being honest. And, and then I, I had it, and, and I remember uh, people would say, like, did you seriously, like, grow up in the dirt? Like, you've never heard of pork and sauerkraut, and I have not. Um, and so in Chicago, we were really fancy, and so this is what we celebrated New Year's with, this matzo. Cinderella sticks. Um, and, and so uh, just my mom, a long time ago, probably went to Sam's or Costco and got one of those gigantic boxes that somehow like survives the new year for the following year and you remake them, right? But uh, they're, they're, they're uh, just a simple way we celebrate the new year. It's something so simple. But um, isn't it the truth that sometimes we place our trust in man-made, created things for prosperity, for health? You know, it's it's so interesting every year, the conversation never changes. As you go into this new year, you start seeing more commercials for Beachbody, and you know, the gym, we got Planet Fitness over here in 88, or do this in 2018, do this, you know, make yourself better, better than yesterday, here are the five goals to set in the new year, and 8% of the people that set their goals, keep them going into the new year, 8%. But our culture puts a really strong emphasis on Self-reliance, doing it by yourself, by your own hands, with your own head, especially as we approach the new year. New year's resolutions, current relationships, our own abilities, my ability to get something done, or who or what will help me achieve something better than last year, this year. And so my challenge to all of us this morning is as we go into 2018, let us not be drawn to the false hope of man-made things, but let us be drawn to the promises of God. The New Year's pretzel's is not a bad thing. People, I'm excited about next year. I'm going to have like nine of those things. Those things are great. They have different flavors. Like my eyes are open, so excuse me for being five right now, but this is really a big deal for me, right? And so my kids are excited. They're like, is there more? I mean, my family, like it, it, they, they annihilated that thing when I got home last night. And it, it, I'm excited about it. Those things are fun. You know, those things are fun. Eating pork and sauerkraut with your family, having traditions. Maybe you'll do mozzarella sticks this year. We're actually going to deep fry our own this year. But, you know, it's so interesting how in the turn of the new year, it's so easy for us to go, what can I do better? That's a great question to ask. We always want to be better. We want to grow. We want to explore how we can do things better, right? It's not a bad thing to ask. But so often, that's where we place our trust. And it's not really something to hold on to because it's fleeting. So my question for all of us to wrestle with this morning is, where does our trust lie? Where do we place our trust? And so think about that question for just a second. I'm going to open us in prayer, and then we're going to jump into the word of God this morning. So where do you put your trust? Where does your trust lie this morning? Father, we come before you and we make you the priority this morning. We worshiped you in the song. God, we gave of our treasures. And now we're diving into your word, God, your living word, your, your, your roadmap to us, your love letter to us. And so, God, as we just understand more about who you are, God, we understand more about what you've created us to do. And God, we're broken, messed up people. And so we just acknowledge our mess. We get it on the table, whatever garbage we came with this morning, whatever the car ride was, whatever the family unit looks like, God, whatever our finances, all those things we put on the table. And we just acknowledge that, you know, without you, we're lost. Especially going to this new year, we need your help. So would you speak to us, God, this morning in only a way that you can speak to us? Would you speak to us individually and as a whole? God, we love you, we thank you for Jesus, in his name we pray, amen. So this morning I want to lay a foundation in Proverbs uh, that we're going to use to, to unpack the rest of, of this morning. So would you turn with me to Proverbs 3, and it's maybe one that you're familiar with, and if not, we'll put it on the screen and we'll, we'll talk about it. But uh, Proverbs 3 is, is one of my favorite passages of the Bible, probably because it's the most clear, but it's not easy to digest. clear. And easy are not the same thing. So Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says this. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And then it says, in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Our heart. Trust in the Lord with, with all your heart. Your heart is the center of who you are. It's the, I know it's off to the left, so don't get too literal. But it is the center. It, it pumps blood throughout our body. It influences head to toe everything that we are as a person. And God's asking us to trust him with all of it. To make him the center, the core of who we are. Right? That's a great thing to say, what does that mean? We're going to get to that. But when, 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 when Solomon is talking to his son here, he's saying, trust in the Lord with all your heart. He said, make him the center. Make him the biggest influence. So that when you have the core, if the core is influence, it's, it's inside out Influence. It's from the inside, it kind of permeates the rest. If Jesus is the center, it permeates the rest of who you are, what you do, what you say, what you think. Not perfectly, but if Jesus is the center, that's how it works. It's like a heart pumps blood to the rest of your body. It's like Jesus influences every part of you. He's asking us to, to be all in, to trust in the Lord with all our heart. The second part, it says, lean on your own understanding. What I love is it says lean, because isn't it it so true that when we are trusting in God, isn't it a slow fade to being dependent on me, depending on self-reliance? It's like, God, I'm trusting you, but this idea seems good, and I'm going to kind of like, it's like a slow fade over to me. It's easy to kind of depend on our thoughts, means, and works to get where we need to be. And by nature, we're foolishly, we rely on our own inclinations and desires. In fact, so many of our life's biggest decisions are made on emotions. This feels right. Therefore, I should do it. Our logic in American, especially like Western culture, is like pretty funny. It's like, this feels right, therefore I will do. (laughs) Right? This seems right, therefore I will do. And so this whole idea of making... uh, you know, making decisions based on our emotions is, is rather scary. It's like those, whole song, those songs in Disney. It's like Follow Your Heart. You're like, wow, that's a scary song. You know, every Disney movie has that. And I have three kids under six. I've seen them all a million times. Don't ask me to recite them because, you know, I'd have to turn in my man card because I probably know a lot of them, right? And I'll say them with pride. I have three boys and we sing all the songs from Moana and, you know, all those songs. You know, and, and it's interesting because the, our cu- it's very telling of our culture. It says it says what you feel is right, no matter what you feel. And so, that's why God's saying, "Trust in me with all your heart. Give me that center of who you are, and don't lean on your own understanding." Because isn't it easy? easy is super easy to like revert to us, what we feel is right, instead of trusting in God? So my so where I want to lead us out of that is how do I get to this place of trust? Because the last part of Proverbs talks about this idea of, in all your ways, acknowledge him. Right? And he will make your path straight. Acknowledge, you know what's so cool about that? Is acknowledge actually refers to this idea of knowing him. Knowing him. Knowing him when it's like a close personal relationship. And it's, I'm really just excited to see um, how we can wrestle with that. When it says, you know, in all your ways acknowledge him. It's that close relationship we can have with God. When obedient faith is present, the Lord will guide us as believers along life's path, even through the difficulties, the insecurities, the hindrances. So when you see this part of the verse and it says, in all your ways acknowledge him, think about it as in all your ways know him. Know him when the doctor says you have cancer. When your relationship comes to a halt and it separates. Know him when parenting seems overwhelming and the guilt is through the roof. Know him when your marriage is on the rocks and that might even be a lack of better words to describe it. It could be worse. Know him when your job is less than ideal, but you know that going to work every day, no matter what that looks like, puts food on the table and clothes on your kids' backs and keeps a roof over your head. Know him when you've exhausted so many different ways of doing it all by yourself, and finally you come to the end and you're gone. I'm done. I don't know what else to do. No. Him. You know what I love so much about that passage? Is it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. So you start off with this big picture. And then it says, don't lean on your own understanding. And then it says, in all your ways, acknowledge Him, right? So know Him. See how it always comes back to Him? It always comes back. It starts and stops with Jesus. Amen? And if I can't know Him, how can I trust Him? How can I not lean on my own understanding if I don't know Him? have to draw close to God. We have to know him. We have to have that close relationship. We talked in our series about talking with God. We talked about meeting with God continually, praying throughout the day. It's easier said than done, right? But when we meet with God and we spend time in his word, we pray, we get to know him, we see how much he loves us and the promises that he has. Okay, so how do I get to that place of trust? I think there are two things. One is to know God, to have that close relationship with him. And the second thing is to understand His promises. If you know somebody, you know more about them, right? And so if I know God, I I read in his word, I'm spending time with him, I know more about what he has for me. You know, so many people look at their salvation as I've been saved from. I look at my salvation as I've been saved from and I've been saved for something incredible. I've been saved for God to bring him glory so this morning, let's dive into Jeremiah 29, and this is really cool, this is going to be interesting for us, um, but maybe this is a passage that you've read before, but uh, maybe you've seen it on uh, a graduation card, or something like that, but uh, it's a phenomenal passage, and it is, it is very bleak, because what happens here is the Israelites are coming out of exile with nothing. They've got nothing. Maybe the clothes on their back may be some type of material item, but they've got nothing. And when you've got nothing, you're looking for something, right? You've got nothing, you're looking for something. And so here in Jeremiah 29, verse 11, it starts, and then I love how God just comes in here and says, for I know the plans I have for you. And it says he declares it, right? He says, declares the Lord. He says, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. How just life-giving is that passage right there. When you can say you're at this bleak moment, you're going, we're wandering, I don't know if I'm going to survive, I don't know how my family is going to live, I don't know what's going to happen, but then you get to this point when God says, I have plans to prosper you, I have plans to do something amazing in your life. And he declares it. When someone encourages you, or someone gives you like advice, or you're looking to someone to lead you, those first couple sentences go so far. That's why, honestly, it's, it's, it's very uh, often that when you hear someone speak, the first couple sentences out of the gate have to be super clear. Otherwise, you could lose people. And so God says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to give you a hope in the future. I don't know about you, but if I was the Israelites, oh, wait a minute, I am just like them. If I found myself in a spot like them, and God says, I have a plan for you. I'm going, okay, hope in the future. Like, yeah, I want that. And so he says. After that, he says, "Then and it says, I plan to give you a hope and a the future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me. And then it says, I will listen. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you," declares the Lord, "and will bring you back from captivity." I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back to the place where I have carried you into exile. So God starts off and he says, I got plans for you, plans to give you a hope and a future, plans that are going to prosper you. And success is not, things are going to look great, you're going to have, you know, making six figures a year, you're going to have this perfect looking family. He's like, I've got a plan and a future for you, and this bigger picture that will blow your mind, and it's going to go up and down, up and down, up and down, but you can know me. I love that I love that because God just completes this, he completes this whole big picture as he's like here's the big picture and here's what's going to happen in between he says you're going to come to me I'll be there and so often we think our relationship with God it looks like this we do our stuff we're relying on us we're running the race of me and then we come back to God and he's just like what are you doing no he's the prodigal son's father going I'm glad you're here that's a picture of the gospel the great news He says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart, and I will be found by you, declares the Lord. Again, he declares it. And this is so cool. He's like, I'll bring you back from captivity. He knows their heart. He knows right now they're going like, are we going to have to go back to what we came from? These are tarnished, messed up, influenced by the world. People, they were influenced spiritually by Egypt, just like we're influenced culturally. These are normal people, tempted, tried, exposed to the world. And God gives them something to cling to, something to hold on to. And I think the point here is sometimes we have to come to the end of ourselves, to the end of us, to understand our need to trust God. You know, I think we've, we've all had those moments where something in our head sounded really good, or something that we made, that we orchestrated, that we created sounded great. As we're looking for answers from the world, we're pursuing that path, we're doing what? Leaning on our own understanding, Then we hit a wall. Then we turn and trust God. Don't a lot of our stories look like that? We run this race of me for so long, and finally we hit that solid brick wall, and where we thought no door could ever appear, Jesus makes a way. Dead, death to life, a new life. And that, that's the great news, and so my question is, is: Is what if we trusted God first? So it's easy to trust ourselves, right? Because at the end of the day, it's the means, right? It's like I can trust God, but it's the question of how we get hooked up on. That's our sinfulness. But I think there's also a purpose in the means and asking the question how. We'll get to that. But tr- but I wonder if uh, if I know trusting in God is the best path, but trusting in God with all my heart and not leaning on my own understanding. It doesn't mean I just let go. Some of us who are more of the feelers, we can kind of relate to that and say, if I just let go and let God. If you talk to a bunch of people who don't think that way, they're like, wah wah, wah wah, wah wah. Like, that doesn't make any sense. But some people, it's like, oh, that sounds great. Give me, like, the nitty gritty stuff. How do I trust God? How do I let go? Jesus, take the wheel. That song came out and it played a bajillion times, but it's a true song. I mean, Jesus, take the wheel, and we think like, yeah, Jesus, take the wheel, and Jesus is like, no, drive the car. <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel of my heart. Influence my heart. And as we say, God, I'm all in, it's like, what does this all in part look like? Because we're sinners and we... We're hooked on, we're wired to, to trust the means and not God. We're, we're wired to trust the process, but not the bigger picture. We're wired to trust like I can feel and touch and see this, but I don't necessarily understand this. We're wired to trust that. It's tangible. I can see that. I can influence. I can do that. We're quick to trust things before we trust God. We're quick to trust the promises of people before we trust the promises of God we are quick to trust chariots and horses before we trust God let me explain john piper says this in in this response to the principle of trusting God he says this over and over i devise plans and f- then find my initial enthusiasm rise or fall as the plans seem smart or not. And is that not the truth? (laughs) I'm excited because I feel good about what I'm doing, right? Feel, right? It looks good. It's proven. This is trust in plans, not trusting God. There's no doubt God wants us to use means to get his work done. But just as clearly, he wants us not to trust these means. Proverbs 21:31 says the horse is made ready for the day of battle but the victory belongs to the Lord. This is the horse is made ready for the day of battle. It's like we're ready, we're active, we're moving, we're doing stuff, we're pushing the envelope, we're reaching people, we're working, we're you know, we're we're working Long hours, we're struggling in our families, we're wrestling to make our finances look good or, um, you know, or function well to fit the needs, to fit our kids' needs, our family's needs. We're, we're, you know, we're ready to do those things. We're active, we're pursuing, we're not sitting around. But then it says the victory is the Lord's, not the victory is the horse or the victory is my job, or the victory is how great my family looks, or the victory is how many goals I can keep in 2018, or from what 17 looked like. But it says the victory belongs to the Lord. I think so much of this is a heart issue. It's like, where is my focus being? Is it trusting in me, or is it trusting in God? And then, and then so it says, Therefore, our confidence should not be in the horse, but in the Lord. And then in Psalm 20, verse 7 says this, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. So just like uh, the hope and the, uh, the goal of those pretzels or pork and sauerkraut, I know you're going to be like, man, Luke, if you talk about food one more time, it's getting close. What about peace and prosperity? What does success look like? So Proverbs 3, at the very beginning, Solomon talks to his son, and he gives the bigger picture before he shares about trusting the Lord. He said, My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. I want to be very, very clear on how I define peace and prosperity because prosperity in terms of our culture is very opposite of what prosperity is in the eyes of the Lord. I think peace is the fact that we don't have to live in a fairy tale. We don't have to live in this fairy tale of me but we've got God's promises to cling to. There's no perfect formula going into 2018. Set goals. Good grief. Set goals. Be better than yesterday. You know, grow in your leadership. Grow in your, in your career. Grow as a friend. Grow as a spouse. Grow as a son. Grow as a grandfather, as a grandmother, as an aunt, as an uncle. Grow. Be better than yesterday. But don't fall in love with that. There's no perfect formula going in 2018, just God's perfect plan with his promises to hold on to. So peace is the fact that we just know we don't have to live in this like fictitious fairyland. Like we've got something clear, not easy, but clear. This idea of prosperity, of success, I think it is quite a success. The fact that we don't have to search any longer, we don't have to look around, we don't have to go through all these ups and downs, although we do To search for good luck charms God has given us his word and we're given something to hold on to and not left to grasp for something that sounds good can you imagine if the Israelites had nothing from the Lord well we can see you know look at the ups and downs in the roller coaster history of Israel it's like good grief it's like you know the guy leaves for like a couple hours and they build a golden calf you know what I mean like we're all tainted and sinned people you know what I mean? Like, we we easily revert to us. We easily run the race of me. And we don't trust in God and his plans for us. There's a story um, of a ethicist named John Cavanaugh. And he travels to Calcutta to spend time in the house of the dying. And uh, he spends time with Mother Teresa. And he uh, sees just the horrible suffering going on and he has this moment where he starts to really struggle personally and he looks at Mother Teresa and he said "Uh, Mother would you pray for me and without hesitation she said of course I'll pray for you and also without hesitation um, the guy says I'm thousands and thousands of miles away from home I honestly don't know why I'm here would you pray for clarity from God that I would understand why this is happening why I'm here what I should do should I go home should I stay should it look like this should it not look like this without hesitation Mother Teresa responds she's like I'm not going to pray for that for you sure he was beside himself a little bit, (laughs) Mother Teresa said she laughed. I love it she laughed and she said, I have never had clarity. But John, what I have always had is an opportunity to trust. And so I will pray that you trust God. I don't know about you, but if you watch the news, or just experience life for a day. You know, you see the ins and outs of our culture. You listen to the news, you, you are facing chaos in your family now, whatever your finances look like for 2017, you're hoping they look better for 18. I mean, I think we all would want that. Maybe marriage, your marriage is is a little chaotic right now. Or just family from Christmas and family till now, things are a little crazy. Or maybe things are going pretty well, but things about what's to come or what goals you should set are very unclear. I can tell you two things. We don't have to wander around looking for a good luck charm in New Year's pretzels or pork and sauerkraut or definitely not in mozzarella sticks or let's be honest, anything else that that this can come up with, our sinful heart. We can cling to God's promises because we can know him. And when we know him, we know the promises he has for us. Plans to prosper us, plans to give us a hope, plans to give us a future. And let's just go back and read that. Can you pull up 29 again on the screen? He says this. So let's think about now. Let's paint the big picture. God's got a plan to prosper us, not to harm us, plans to give us a hope and a future. So let's say day two, day three of 2018, we call on the Lord, come and pray to me, and I will listen. You'll seek me in 2018. I'll be found by you, declares the Lord. I love that. Is you will call on me and come and pray to me. So many of us are over here running the race of me, going, yeah, but I, I have so much to hold on to. I mean, we all do. We all, want to, we all want to provide for our families. We all want to pay our bills. Let's be honest. And just like the passage says, the horse is ready, but the victory is the Lord's. And so we have to be careful not to trust the means. We have to use the means but we have to put our trust in God. So my, my challenge for us all as we head into this year is for us to cling to the promises of God. He plans to give us hope in a future, plans to prosper us. He will meet with us when we call. When we call to him, he will respond to us. And so I think some of us this morning, we're going, Luke, I, I'm ready to start that relationship with God this morning because I want to know him. And some of us are going, I want to start the year off right. So if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity here in a second. And if you know him and you're going, man, I need to cling to the promises of God, I want to give you an opportunity during the last song. If you want to come up to the altar and you want to pray, or if you just want to pray in your seats, uh, let's start off the year saying, God, I want to know you more. And I want to know the promises that you have for me. And if you want to come, feel free to come up to the altar and to pray. Um but trust in his promises so let me pray for us uh, and then uh, as the band closes with our last song if you would like to come to the altar please feel free to do that um, but yeah, let me pray for us this morning and then uh, we'll, uh, we'll sing some songs to God we love you Jesus and we uh, come before you acknowledging God you are the priority and God as we uh, prepare to embark on this new year God we know that your mercy and your grace is, is ever abundant God And so we know that the things of this year we can leave in the past and we can move forward knowing that you have a future for us, that you want to prosper us, God. And God, the true success is not more wealth. The true success, God, is not doing more things. The true success at the end of the day is that we can say we know you and that we know the promises that you have for us and we can cling to those. That is true prosperity. Is that you walk through us through whatever this year may bring, whatever this next day holds? We can know you through the ups and the downs, God. We can cling to your promises and know that you have a hope and a future for us. And if you're here and you want that relationship with Jesus, this is so simple. This is just a response of the heart to the great news. You've hit that brick wall. And you're ready to walk, you're ready to walk through it and start that life with Jesus. It's so simple. It's just saying, Jesus, I understand that I need you. Thank you for your death on the cross. God, thank you for taking me from my sin and the death that I was living, God, this sinful just past and my current living, God. And thank you for bringing me into a new life because of Jesus. I surrender my life to you. I will follow you the rest of my days to be a billboard for you to all that I meet. My identity is now in you and not in the things that I've done or the things that I'm doing or will do. My identity is sealed, signed, and delivered by Jesus Christ. God, we cling to your promises as we head into 2018. Thank you for Jesus Christ. We cling to you and your promises this morning and From when we leave here and forever, God. We love you. In your name. Amen. Would you stand as we close our service?
0: The wow.